today we are starting a new series called Coming to Community. And over the next four weeks, uh, leading right up to the Sabbath Sunday, we want to talk about the relationship that we have together. We want to talk about what we have and where we are going, where this relationship is going. And just like that, I may have lost every man in the room. And just like that, every woman in the room might be like, thank God, we get to talk about our relationship. Men, you're awesome. It's okay. We're going to make it through this. You didn't do anything wrong. Stay with me. You're crushing it. boy. See, the men need the encouragement. Uh, women, on behalf of men everywhere, we're sorry that we don't like to talk about our, our relationships. I mean, they just... You got... But for real, we, we have a relationship here. As, as people who join arms and come into this place together and say, this is where the Lord has called me, this is where... This is the church home that I belong to. We have, we have a relationship. And what does that mean? What does that mean, the commitment from the pastors and the leaders to you? And what does it mean, your response and responsibility and your commitment back to us? What does it mean that we together link arms and our commitment to the Lord? These are the things we're going to be unpacking and we're going to be talking about. Because when people talk, ask you about your church... Our response needs to be more than just a a superficial thing. It needs to be more than just, oh, you're going to love the worship, or oh, you're going to love the preaching, or oh, we're the friendliest people, or something. It has to be more than that. It has to be bigger than that. Our prayer in the midst of this series is that we would see the bigness of what God has, the bigness of what we are called to. In all seriousness, but also with a little bit of humor, we've, we've really enjoyed dating you, but now we want to talk marriage. <laughs> Fair enough, Candace. Fair enough. And, you know, the difference is commitment. The difference is commitment. The difference is, is a future. The difference is, is vision. You are a part of what God is doing here. I am a part of what God is doing here. Our leaders are a part of what God is doing here. Our deacons, our leadership team. So we want to talk about how that all comes together and what's, what that's supposed to look like from a biblical basis. In the midst of this series, we want to make it very clear what we believe, which I think is pretty transparent. I think we're honestly a pretty transparent crew. Um, honestly, our pastoral team, that is one of the things we strive for, is just to be authentic, just to be real, just to be transparent. What you see is what you get. There is no perfect pastor. We are not perfect pastors. We are not a perfect church. But man, we, we, we seek and serve a perfect God. And so we want to talk about the, what are the things that we value? What are the things that we believe? And you should be asking questions in the midst of this. Where are we going? Where is this church going? Will, as we're going with you, will my family be cared for? How will my family and myself be cared for as we journey with you? These are good questions. And we're going to take four weeks to unpack it. 
here's the thing. We're going to have fun doing it. And here's why. Because we get to do it together. We do it together, and that's fun. I'm sorry. Relationship is fun. Friendship is fun. Yeah, it has its difficulties. There's times, you know, that, that the rubber meets the road on some things, and there's times we may not always like each other. There's times we have rough stretches. But it's good doing life together, and it's fun. I want you to know that in, in anticipation of this series, we, which we've been preparing for months, we have given thought. We have been intentional about putting pen to paper on what we believe, who we are, all of these things, what we practice. See, we can't just say we practice something if we're not practicing it. You know, we can't say something's a value if we don't exhibit that value. We can't say I believe if our actions indicate something else, that we just took it as a recommendation or a nice idea, but I'm going to pass. So for some of you, this might be exciting. For some of you, you're like, awesome, we've been coming here, we're ready to make this our home, we want to get plugged in, Tell me how. Some of you might be thrilled. But, but some of you, it actually might have generated a different response. Maybe for some of you, you've had a, a bad church experience. Maybe there's hurts. Maybe there's wounds. And I just, I just grazed a wound. See, you don't have to hit an open wound for it to hurt. All you've got to do is just graze that wound. And you have a knee-jerk reaction and the defenses come up. And maybe, maybe that happened in this, in talking about church and church membership. So, so here's what I want to do. I want to, even though I've already you know, prayed once, I'm just going to pray um, for us, and I'm going to pray specifically over that, okay? So just join with me. Um, Lord, I, I lift up those before you, Lord, that may have uh, a wound that's fresh or open. Lord, if there's been any bit of anxiety um, or hurt that's even come to, to, to the surface, Lord, through the midst of, of church togetherness, then, Lord, I just ask, would you heal it? Lord, would you, just, would you just, right now, Holy Spirit, come in power and bring healing and peace and renewal. Would you wipe clean the tablet of hearts today so that you can write a new story on that heart? Lord, for, for those who... That's not where they're at, Lord. Their excitement, Lord, I just pray. And for all, for all, Lord God, would you just give us eyes to see what you have in store? Would you give us eyes to see your bigness? Lord, even if, even if we think we, we know, even if we're pretty confident, Lord, we know what, what your plan is for us, Lord, would you still expand our vision to believe you for more and to trust you with all? In Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going to show a picture here. Um, this is the inside of a place in Erie called Fitness 1440. It's a gym. It's a magical place. Where muscles and might are bestowed upon the diligent. I was one of the inaugural members of this gym. Notice I said was. <laughs> I signed up before they even opened their doors. And thankfully, 
I have a good relationship with those who run the gym because I gave him a call one day and I'm like, I clearly you haven't seen me in months and I don't see you and this relationship isn't good for me anymore. <laughs> it's not working. But my wife wants to be in this relationship. Can we transfer the membership to her? And they're like, Mark, absolutely, we'll do it. So now Kara, my awesome wife Kara, who is incredibly diligent, goes there darn near every day. I was a member. I signed up. I gave my credit card number so that I could have that monthly due taken out. But I was not committed. I have a membership to Netflix. And whether I ever watch a movie or ever watch a show, uh, that membership's still there. If I don't do a thing with it, if I don't use it at all, I still have that membership and I, yeah, I paid the 16 bucks, 17 bucks, whatever it is a month. Membership. I, it means very little. So we're not going to use the term membership when we're talking about what we have. We're not. Because all membership indicates is a, is a one-time action, a one-time action. I took the tour, I filled out the paperwork, I went to the website, whatever. A one-time action and, okay, I'm a member, so what does that mean? We're not going to use membership to describe what we have together because this is not what the church is supposed to be. This is not what we see. What we see what we see in scripture and what we see in reality is that the church is active. It is living. It is constantly in motion. We know that the church is the body of Christ. The church is the vehicle that God has chosen to advance his kingdom. The church is the handiwork of Jesus Christ and he alone builds it. And in this even though we are all members of one body. So when we use that word member, we are members of one body, and so we are connected to to one another, but we're not going to use that word membership. Membership, no. Partnership? Partnership, yes. A partnership is an arrangement where parties, known as partners, agree to work together to advance their mutual or their agreed-upon interest. And this definitely describes what we're looking for. Men, women, children, to partner with in order to advance the agreed-upon will of God that we see in the Word of God. That's what we do. We link arms together. We talk a lot about that. We use a lot of phrases like togetherness and linking arms and together. Well, Mark, isn't that just semantics? Isn't that just, just a word, membership, partnership? Man, I hope not. I hope it's not just semantics. I hope we see the, the depth of this and not just look at it as a phrase. Partnership indicates togetherness and cooperation. You guys, you, we strive so hard to make sure that, that this doesn't become a pedestal. We, we, we try so hard as a pastoral team to make sure that there's, never, that there's never been and there never will be an us and them, a clergy and the laity. It is us, the body, the family, doing this together. So it's interesting. This is Jordan right here. 
Um, Jordan has been coming to church four weeks in a row, um, and this is the first time he's heard me preach. And I know this because last week he's like, man, I love it here. I'm really looking forward to hearing you preach because I've been here and you haven't preached yet. And I'm like, I love to preach. and I preach a lot. But I found that real funny. But I actually took joy in that. I took pride in that. I'm like, thank God that this is not some one-man show where that someone's up on a pedestal, you know, saying, look at me, drawing attention to me, being flashy. And, but no, I'm glad we have a team of people and that we're connected even with a bigger team outside of us that'll come in and just shoot you straight with love and point you to Jesus. So over the next four weeks, we're going to talk quite a bit about what our partnership looks like. And again, our prayer is that you catch the bigness of this. Not just the bigness of what Impact Rock, like looking at it you know, from the outside, is called, but saying what Impact Rock. Recognizing that you have a part, that God's got something big, what, what Impact Rock is called to. We are not trying to get you or convince you or sway you to fanatically wave the banner of Impact Rock Church over our town or over our region or anything. That is not what the point of this is. We have a graphic. Let's let's pull that up. That's what we want. The banner of Jesus Christ to be waved hugely and boldly and consistently in our town. We want the Lord to receive the glory. When you walk through those doors, what's, what's the first thing you see? Is, is it our name? Is it our logo? What do you see? Food, fair enough. I see where you're coming from. Could someone get her a muffin? Let's help her out. We see a sign that we intentionally put behind the coffee bar. Jesus saves. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like at first, like the graphic designer and me, I'm like, ooh, branding. Ooh, we get to, you know, put our logo there. And just, just gently the Lord said, well, is it, your, is it your name that you want to be known or is it my name? So prophetically, when you walk through those doors, there's this prophetic declaration, Jesus saves. You know what that word save is in the Greek? It's the word sozo, S-O-Z-O, sozo. And what that word saves means is saves, heals, and sets free. That's, it's, it's a completed work. It's Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. There's a little word that Kara and I use all the, all the time. All the time. It's like our like, like pet word. And it's together. I, I'll give you an example. It could be like, hey babe, I'm running the Costco. I'm just going to run the Costco real quick. Um, I'll be back, you know, back in an hour. And she's like, together. And, and just her saying that one word, I immediately, I'm like, okay, all right, are you, when, when, when can you be ready? You know, let's do it together. But it's her saying, no, let's, let's, I want to be together. I don't want, let's not do it alone. I want to be together. Hey, sweetie, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. It's been a day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the hay. I'm, I'm calling it a night. Together. Okay, all right, I'll stop what I'm doing. There's something key about our togetherness. And here's the key, you guys. We aren't called to do it alone. We aren't. 
So Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read 15 through 18. It says this, the Lord God took the man. So this is the account of creation, right? And now Adam has been created. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So right away we see man created and we see him given, he's given work. He's given responsibility, right? And the Lord commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse 18, then the Lord said, what? It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. It's not good that the man should be alone. Now, the direct context of this is, you know, what we see next is that God gives Adam his wife. That's the direct context. But the larger overarching theme throughout scripture is the theme of it is not good for man to be alone. It's that theme of togetherness. It's that that theme of working in team, helping one another, a helper. There's times I need a helper and there's times I am the helper. Because we do it together. It didn't take long. It took two chapters. Two chapters in Scripture before we see it is not good that we're alone. God's never alone. He's never known aloneness. They've never known aloneness. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have always been together. There's always been togetherness. And they look and see and they're like... Look, he's alone. We don't, look what we have. How can we duplicate this togetherness? From the beginning of time, we see partnership. Friends, we are called to serve and we are called to minister without a doubt. But we are called to do it together. By the way, looking out, seeing Debbie. Great job last week, Debbie. That was such a great word. Well done. Yeah, that was awesome, my friend. You guys, when we planted the church in 2010, June 2nd of 2010, it was a Saturday night. I was still in the workplace, and so when we planted the church, we we met on Saturday nights. And we met in our home in Westminster, and we we had a handful of people there on those Saturday nights. And looking back, we, we did some pretty cool things. I, like, we really did. And, and this, this was one of them. Um, we called this um, Jesus' lunchbox. And we had two of them, actually. One of them, this is, I brought from my house. I have it in my office. It's up on the shelf. I, every time I'm at, in my office, I see it. And it's a reminder. We have one in the church office. Anyone want to take a guess on what this was used for? What's that? Offering. Look at you. So smart. You, you sure you don't, want, you sure don't want to get married? Because there's like... Okay, all right. All right. Okay. So I'm going um, I want, to... I want y'all to do what we did, except like we're not taking another offering. Okay, we're, we're not doing that. That might be kind of audacious. But just pass that around. We, that's what we would do every week. We would pass that around, and it was something to touch, and there was a point of connection where the, the person on one side or the other, you know, they would reach, they would reach out, they would touch, they would connect, and they would hold that lunchbox, and they would give. And we said, if you don't have anything to give, just commit, 
commit generosity to the Lord and say, Lord, I may not be able to give at this time, but I'm going to, I'm going to give. I think that's incredibly cool. I think the lunchbox was amazing. There were so many different ways we could have gave. One way we couldn't have given was like through an app because that just didn't exist then. Like, I don't, I don't know, technology, technology, science. So as I said, we met every Saturday night. And after church, we did something, another thing that was really cool. We had a potluck dinner every, every Saturday night. So when we first started, we had the front door open and that's where we had church was in the living room. And then we had stairs and then we had a little catwalk. And so, you know, people would be sitting, they'd be standing in the living room, it'd be worshiping and people up the catwalk on the stairs and the catwalk and it was cool. Except sometimes, not y'all, not y'all, not y'all. But some people come late to church. Like they come after worship has started. Not y'all. And when we started, there would be someone walking in with a crock pot, like maneuvering, trying to close the door and open the door. And, and like if this was whoever was leading worship and this was everyone worshiping, they would just walk across and like kind of shrug and go into the kitchen and, and plug it in. You remember that? And, and the next thing you know, we're like, oh my gosh, that smells so good. What did she make? That smells amazing. Totally. So we started opening the garage door saying, go in. If you have food, go in through the garage door, put it in the kitchen, and then come in. So we'd have that meal together after every service. And it did not take long at all before we noticed something really key. We noticed that more ministry took place during dinner and after dinner, just the hanging out, than ever took place during the service. I don't care how anointed the flow was. I don't care how how impactful I thought the call to ministry was. You might have a little bit of ministry during the service, but after the service, when it's just friends talking and sharing and saying, well, hey, let me pray for you. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that with me. Let me pray. And it was amazing. It was amazing. To the point when we outgrew the living room and we moved into the Erie Community Center and this was still on Saturday nights, we did the same thing. We had to tear down. We're like, okay, everybody, you know, grab a speaker, grab stuff. Let's get it outside and put it in the trailer. And we're all going to Chick-fil-A because we could do that because it was Saturday night. We can't do that now because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. I'm sorry for mentioning Chick-fil-A so many times. Don't think about Chick-fil-A. Don't think about Chick-fil-A nuggets, please, or their sandwiches. Or the lemonade, just... And we continued doing that. We continued meeting together. Why do I point that out? I'm pointing that out because it was in these times that we, we forged the foundation that we didn't want a bunch of rubber stamp ministries. We didn't want a bunch of rubber stamp ministries. Um, we, we wanted that organic, relational, authentic touch. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just letting you guys know just to encourage your hearts. Friday night was phenomenal. The fire pit chat was incredible. There were 13 of us, and we worshipped, and that was amazing. And in the midst of it, we saw people just responding to the Lord in the coolest ways. After the worship, we, there was a brother that just shared. It was just authentic. It was just real and vulnerable and asked for prayer. And then you saw men surrounding 
surrounding this brother so much so that there wasn't room for everyone to get in and lay a hand on him. So there's guys in the back laying hands on the shoulder of the men in front of them just because they couldn't get in close enough to touch. It was incredible. And then we laughed and we talked and we busted chops and we ate brats and it was fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. There's something in there. That's awesome. To this day, we value that connection. Church, to this day, we need to fight for and contend for those connections. We need to contend for it. We need to make sure that we don't just say it's a value. We have to fight for our togetherness. We have to fight for our unity. We need to be intentional about it. There's a great phrase. I love it because I think it's absolutely true. It says, show me your checkbook and your calendar and I'll show you what you really care about. Show me your checkbook and your calendar and I'll show you what you really care about. And it's true. We've got to be intentional about where we tell our time to go. Intentional about what we set in our calendar. And we have to be together. We have to be intentional about our togetherness. We laid that foundation before and what are the results now? You guys, we love well. We just, I love that. We love well. We love each other well. We love the Lord well. We love our community well. We love well. But I'm just letting you know right now, we have to always contend for that. Okay. So let's get to some foundational truth before we go any further. In walking together, we have to determine what our tuning fork is. See, instruments aren't tuned to one another. We don't say, hey, we're going to tune the instruments to the piano or we're going to tune the instruments to the guitar. They're not tuned to one another. They're tuned to a common fork because the sound that comes from that fork is pure. So all instruments are tuned to that fork. And for us, that fork is God and the Word of God. And the Word of God is an authority for us. It is what we use to determine where we're going, what we believe, what we fight for, everything. We don't live and proceed and teach according to opinions or even values, which I love values. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't live and proceed according to values or traditions or social causes or needs or religions or mores of any sort. We live our lives according to the word of God. What's, what's God's word? It's written word made up of an Old Testament and a New Testament written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's what we talk about when we talk about the word. And here's why we emphasize this and we're setting this baseline right now is what we believe is found in Scripture. Hey, well, what do you think about that? I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like this and this. Well, what does the word say? Huh? Well, what does the word say about that? Does the Bible say anything about that? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, here we go. 
Like for example, let, let me just use this, let's use forgiveness as an example. And I'm just, I'm just struggling, I've been hurt, I've been wounded, and I'm just, I'll never forgive that person. They don't deserve it. We, we've all heard that said before, maybe we've said it before. We've all heard that, and it sounds reasonable enough. Yeah, you know what? Those people that hurt us, they, they don't deserve it. I'm, I'm with you. They don't deserve it. But I'm letting you know right now, the Bible talks about forgiveness. God has an opinion on forgiveness. And we don't have the luxury of saying, well, this is my stance, this is my opinion, and this is my boom. If it's, if it's outside the word of God, we're, as followers of Christ, we're not entitled to it. Here's what the Bible says. I'm not, I'm not preaching on forgiveness today, but I'm just going to... Here's what the Bible says. You have to forgive because I've forgiven you, says the Lord. You have to forgive because I've forgiven you, and it has nothing to do with whether or not that person deserves your forgiveness. Let's just go ahead and come into agreement and say they don't. Let's just, just blanket statement this and say they don't. But God says, see, forgiveness is between this. See, Forgiveness is between you and I, and I don't want any barrier. This is the Lord, you know, on behalf of the Lord saying, I don't want any barrier. And then our response to the Lord is, Lord, I don't want any barrier, but I've been hurt by this person. He's like, well, let's just make this about us right now. Take that, that, that overflow of grace that I've applied to your life and apply it to them and forgive them. Choose to forgive them. Purpose in your heart. Will, will it to forgive them. And make it about this relationship. Don't make it about the person who hurt you. Because it will be a barrier between us if we don't forgive. Now, if I was preaching on forgiveness, I'd plow through a bunch of scripture. But you know what? Look it up. The Bible gets the final say. The Bible gets its final say. The Bible has really unique things. Sex. The Bible has a say about sex. You know what he says about sex? Single people, sorry, sex wasn't made for you. Sex is awesome. But it wasn't made for you. It was made for marriage. To draw a husband and wife closer together. To establish a greater togetherness. And in that context, it is awesome. But it ain't meant for single people. He wants to nurture that relationship with you where that you are growing so close with him that, that we're walking in that bride and, the, and Christ relationship. And the Bible has thoughts and opinions about it. And so I don't get to say, hey, you know what? Um, hey, do what you want. Do what you want. Do what you want. You know, sleep with what you want. Do, do. And I certainly, as a pastor, don't get to flippantly say, ah, you know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Scripture talks about it. It lays it out. So either you're going to... Take a deep breath. Hold on. Jump in Oh, okay. Okay, we're good. We're good. It's not even in the notes. So here's the thing, you guys. Who, who do you want to be right? Do you want to be right? Because let's be honest. We love to be right. We love to be right. But until we get to the place where we're desperate for God to be, life, to be right, we're desperate... To, Saying, God, I just I need you to be right in my life. I need you to be right. What is your will? I will do what you say. Lord, that's the only way I'll have life. The Bible is the ultimate source of truth for Christians. In the Bible, we see testimonies of God's character, stories of Jesus, 
instruction, wisdom. So 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. So this is what scripture is profitable for. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That scripture tells us that scripture profits us. It benefits us. It's beneficial for us. Second Peter 1, 20 and 21 says this. Knowing that first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoken from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We value the Word of God in our lives and we treat it as authority and then we're absolutely dependent upon the Holy Spirit to unpack truth and to stir us and to stir us to, to, a, to a hunger as we read and to make things come alive. It's this amazing cooperative effort. But I will say this right now. No one can say, well, you know what? Um, this is what I heard from the Holy Spirit, so this is what I'm doing, even though it contradicts the Word of God. That is bull. The, the, the Holy Spirit would never contradict God because He is God. He'd never contradict the Word of God. But we're absolutely needy and desperate for the Holy Spirit. We must agree that God's word is our foundation and that he has the final word. The word of God lights our path and drives out darkness. So here's why this is important, okay? Here's why I'm camping on this and talking about this so much. Because we are different. And our opinions are different. And our views are different. And our political stances are different. And our upbringing is different. And our traditions are different. We are different. So what's our tuning fork? Not me. Not Andy. As wonderful as Kara is, not Kara, Kim. The word of God. What a gift. We get to see what God has said about it. The Bible teaches us about God the Father. The Bible teaches us about Jesus the Son. The Bible teaches us about the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches us about being healed. The Bible teaches us about grace and being forgiven. The Bible teaches us about the church. The Bible teaches us about how that church should represent him. The Bible teaches us. And it corrects us. And it rebukes us. See, a lot of times we, we want to be the one doing the rebuking. But we see in Scripture here it says, hey, if you're spending time in the Word, Scripture will rebuke you. You don't got to do it. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So Impact Rock, what, who are we? And this is the last thing I'm saying, then we're closing. It's pretty complex. You can't just spit it out in one quick catchphrase. We are a Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching, Holy Spirit needing people loving community touching potluck enjoying we 
could, we could just keep filling that in, but, but here's the key. You guys, it all starts with following God, knowing Him, growing together, and our togetherness matters. And we are, we're at different places from different backgrounds doing different things, but thank God we get to unify under the banner of Jesus Christ as Lord. Lord, I thank you. Uh, Lord, I thank you for you. You're so awesome. You're so amazing and you're so trustworthy. I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you that we can take what you say and, and, and we can dialogue with you. That we can see something in scripture and we can, we can respond back and forth and that you're a God who hears us and you're a God who speaks to us. Holy Spirit, we love the ways that you guide us into all truth and remind us of everything that Jesus said. Remind us of, of the goodness and the faithfulness, the power, the might of who you are, oh God. Lord, we just right now, we, we come into agreement in this request and we say, Lord, strengthen our togetherness, but do so with you as our source, with you at the center, with you being our all and our all, not just a piece of the pie. Lord, you being our all. Jesus' name. If we can keep our eyes closed for a second, if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, or maybe you know of him, but you've never made that proclamation that says, I believe in my heart, and, and so I'm going to confess you as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to declare you get the reins of my life. You get the controls of my life. I give, I give my all to you. I make you Lord. With all eyes closed, is there anyone here who, this day, you're like, I, I just, I, I can't wait another second. I can't wait another day. I, I, I want to confess him as my Lord and give my life to him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand, stand up, wave, do something to make it obvious. At this moment, you are making declaration. And you're not ashamed of it. You're saying, I'm giving my life to Christ and I'm, I'm surrendering to him. Is there anyone? there's anyone who's watching this online and at any time today, tomorrow, a month from now but at this moment you're, you're giving your life to the Lord would you email us at contact at impactrock.com so that we can reach out to you connect with you have togetherness maybe point you to a good local church if you're not in our area get you a Bible whatever it takes alright let's open our eyes um, I encourage you guys I really, I feel like the next four weeks are going to be awesome, and I feel like they're going to be foundational. Um, and I feel like they're going to be fun. So I encourage you guys to to make it a priority, to tell in your calendar, Sunday mornings, this is where I'll be. Um, and, and let's just grow even closer in our togetherness. I'll leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.